0: The Torah content from now through Lagba Omer has been generously sponsored by Malki M. Thank you, Malki. June is less than a month away, which means that I'll soon be transitioning into summer writing mode with more Substack articles and fewer recorded shiurim. The bulk of these articles will remain free. However, if you would like to support my Torah and gain access to additional spicy written content, consider becoming a paid subscriber by going to rabbishneweiss.substack.com and signing up today. Hello, I'm Rabbi Matt Schneewais, and this is the Stoic Jew Podcast, where we explore the relationship between Judaism and Stoicism. I did not plan on recording this, but I want to record my thoughts while they're fresh. So once again, I am not in front of my laptop and do not have access to my texts, except for this one book I'm holding in my hand, which is A Guide to the Good Life, The Ancient Art of Stoic Joy by William B. Irvine, which I purchased recently and am reading one chapter a day of. Uh, And... This morning, I read the following passage. Uh, this is in the chapter on negative visualization, or what we call premeditatio malorum, the Stoic technique of visualizing all the bad things that can happen, uh, so that the impact of those things is uh, is lessened uh, when the thing actually does happen. He, The author writes as follows. One might imagine that the Stoics, because they go around contemplating worst-case scenarios, would tend toward pessimism. What we find, though, is that the regular practice of negative visualization has the effect of transforming Stoics into full-blown optimists. Allow me to explain. We normally characterize an optimist as someone who sees his glass as being half-full rather than half-empty. For a Stoic, though, this degree of optimism would only be a starting point. After expressing his appreciation that his glass is half-full, rather than being completely empty, he would go on to express his delight in even having a glass. It could, after all, have been broken or stolen. And if he is atop his Stoic game, he might go on to comment about what an astonishing thing glass vessels are. They are cheap and fairly durable, important impart no taste to what we put in them and miracle of miracles allow us to see what they contain this might sound a bit silly but to someone who has not lost his capacity for joy the world is a wonderful place to such a person glasses are amazing to everyone else a glass is just a glass and it is half empty to to boot so i read this in the morning and uh then i davened and then i did my meditation um sidebar here uh, I have over the course of the summer fallen out of my habit of meditating uh, throughout most of this past year. I would say I got either 10 minutes or 20 minutes of meditation in uh, almost every day without fail. But this summer, I allowed my excuses to uh, you know, to accumulate and to tell myself, oh, well, I'm out of my routine or I'm not in my own home. And I just uh, stopped meditating. Uh, this week, though, uh, so far, this is the third day. I decided, look, there's no excuses. I can do five minutes of meditation each morning, either before or after davening, and so I have been doing that. And so this morning, I did a five-minute meditation, and because I had just read that passage in that book, I spontaneously came up with this idea, and I'm gonna call it, for now, a gratitude bath, (laughs) okay? The idea being that, uh, just like in a bath, you are both uh, you're submerging yourself in water, but you're also doing it to wash off the dirt here in a gratitude bath. You're submerging yourself in gratitude and you're washing off all of the uh, quote unquote dirt of, I guess, lack of gratitude or whatever you want to characterize the opposite of gratitude as. So the way the meditation works, and again, I just came up with this this morning, so I'm probably gonna have to tweak it, but I wanted to uh, express the idea while it's in its nascent form well, uh, the idea is that, you know, when you're meditating, your mind wanders. And the trick is to find some way to use the wandering mind and loop back into the state of being present. So one of the techniques I've used uh, is labeling, right? That you catch yourself worrying about something and then you label the type of thought as worrying. And that way you kind of stay on top of your thoughts. or, let's say you feel um you feel hungry. So, uh, you, you label the feeling hunger, or you are, uh, thinking about what you have to do later on in the day. So you label it as planning. So the gratitude bath, what I tried to do was any sensation or thought whatsoever, I converted into an expression of gratitude. So I'm going to try to walk through some examples of this. Obviously I can't remember uh, a complete play by play, but Right before the meditation started, I uh I my nose was still a little stuffy from just waking up. And so I blew my nose and was holding on to the Kleenex. So I, you know, started the meditation, felt the Kleenex in my hand, and immediately felt gratitude. I'm grateful to Hashem for Kleenex. Uh, because without Kleenex, I'd have to blow my nose you know, on the ground or like people used to do in the old days or keep it, uh, or, 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 or just have a stuffy nose. Uh, then I swallowed. Okay. Cause my, my, I'm still sick. And so my, my throat was, uh, was a little, uh, well, I guess I'm still sick as of Thursday, August 10th, which is when I'm recording this. Um, I swallowed and I immediately, was thankful to Hashem for saliva, and then I thought about Roger Ebert, uh, the movie critic, who died of throat cancer. And uh, I remember seeing a documentary about him and how he, like, you know, his whole throat got dissolved. And I, I can't remember exactly what happened to his salivary glands or what happened to his saliva, but I just realized, like, I, I could be in a situation where I might not be able to swallow. Okay, then I heard an annoying crow, uh, calling, and I thought thank God for crows because I don't know how the ecosystem works, but I can guarantee you that around here in Mercer Island, Washington, then the crows are essential to the ecosystem. Then I heard a car and I thought, you know, thank God I live in a society where there are cars around. You know, we had just seen a movie uh, last night that took place in this remote region of Russia. And, uh, and, you know, they had cars there. And I remember thinking when we watched the movie, about how, you know, this was like a in a whaling village. And I remember thinking to myself while we watched the movie, like, I wonder when electricity and cars and computers made it out to that part in Russia. And like, for the vast majority of human history, you know, we haven't had cars. And so, and here cars are in abundance. So, so whenever I hear a car, uh, while, while I was meditating, I was thinking like, thank God. I, I wasn't even thank God, thanking God that I have a car, but just thanking God that I live in a society, in a first world country where there are cars. You know, then... oh so then i coughed uh and i i thought to myself i had recently read something about someone who was uh paraplegic and how uh that person was not able to engage in some of the the automatic body processes that we take for granted for being automatic and thinking like what if i had an irritant and i couldn't cough and then i heard a beeping noise from somewhere out the window and i thought thank god for notifications right? I mean, you know, we get annoyed by things beeping, but, you know, (laughs) it used to be that devices had no notifications. So there'd be no way of knowing when there was, um, you know, when you needed to do something or respond to something or when something was done. Uh, and then I felt, I you know, I, I felt a little uncomfortable at having my legs. Uh, you know, I, I usually meditate with my legs crossed, which I have an easy time doing. And then I thought to myself, thank God that I can cross my legs. I know people who are my age or younger who can't cross their legs. Uh, and, uh, and you know, I, I don't have any issues with that kind of, uh, I don't even consider flexibility. That's just how I normally sit. Uh, and then I thought of the material of my pants and, and thought, uh, thank God that I have pants. And that you know the I, I don't know exactly what my pants are made out of, but I think they're artificial uh, or there's some artificial material, and thank God we live in a society where there's artificial material. and then I thought, uh, then I got you know my back was slightly I felt my back touching the couch, and thank God that I have a couch that there are people who don't have anything to sit on uh, and they can only sit on the ground. so I think you get the idea right now that that basically anything that entered my mind, I converted it into a, a gratitude thought and I spent the entirety of the five minutes. The five minutes went by like that. And for anyone who's tried meditating, uh, especially with a timer, I'm sure they can tell you that sometimes a five minutes can feel like an eternity. In this case, the five minutes just went by really quickly, and it was it it was easy. Also, because uh, again, the the difficulty in meditation is you find your mind wandering. Here, though, I was able to take any. Any mind wandering that I experience and convert it into a platform for experiencing gratitude, and I, without a doubt, my gratitude journal, which I made uh, uh, an episode about two episodes ago, has helped me with this because I think for people who are not used to practicing gratitude, you actually have to think to consciously formulate the gratitude. But here, it was just automatic, and there were there were just I, I again I, I didn't count, but there were dozens, uh, probably over a hundred things that I, I had gratitude for in these five minutes. And it was just a great experience. And then I had this experience when I was done of thinking, this is what the Baruchos Hashachar are for, you know, the the morning blessings. Uh, we have a series of blessings that we say every morning. And many Jews nowadays say them all in a row at the beginning of, uh, of shacharis, so of the morning prayer. But the original way they were designed is you say them as you encounter certain daily parts of your uh, of your morning routine. And so I, I've talked about this a lot, but this has been one of the most transformative ways of relating to God that I experienced is when I started, I got the Pesach, uh, the Halakhic ruling a long time ago to say the morning blessings in the way that they were originally designed to be said. So as soon as, I wake up, I say Elo, the bracha of Elochaine Shema. As soon as I rub my eyes, I say, pokiah Ivrim. As soon as I sit up in bed, I say, Matir Asurim. As soon as I put my feet on the ground, I say, uh, Zokif Kfufim or Rukahar Yeah, whatever. Um, I can never remember them. Hold on a second. and then Zokif Kfufim when I stand up. Yeah. Um, so, in other words, what, what Hazal did when they set up these brachos is they wanted to take these parts of your morning that are automatic and convert them into opportunities to praise and thank god and you start your morning just as most uh or sorry not most just as many people not me uh have a morning shower you know i'm i'm uh i'm chinese and so i take a shower at night but many people start their morning with a morning shower we start uh in 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 judaism we were our we start our mornings with a morning gratitude bath so this is the idea of the gratitude bath uh i want to play around with it some more and see uh, if I can refine the practice a little bit, but I can say from this first accidental instance of it, it it's great. It's a great experience. Again, I don't know how other people will experience this if they try it. It might be more difficult if you have not been practicing uh, gratitude in an active form, but I certainly gained from it, and uh, I think it is another uh, technique that I'll add to my meditation repertoire that is a nice combination of Stoicism and Judaism. So that is that. Again, I don't have my laptop in front of me, but... um. That is it for today's episode. If you've gained from what you've learned here today, um, I can't remember my script. So uh, I guess I will just uh, thank people for their support, either my by joining my Patreon, which uh, again, thank you to my Lishma Patreon supporters. Thank you to those who have supported me recently on Substack, either by being a free subscriber or for becoming a paid subscriber. The minimal amount for being a paid subscriber is $10 per month, or you can buy a package deal of $100 for the year. Uh, and you can support me through doing this, but also gain access to the uh, the paid articles or the, the parts of the article that are behind paywalls. And thank you also to my sponsors for sponsoring my content. All of you make it possible for me to do what I do and to make Torah available and accessible to everyone. And uh, as I have alluded to in these past episodes, I will need that support more than ever this year. So uh, hopefully the announcements that I've been delaying will be forthcoming.